CBS Sports does a phenomenal job covering college football, but they got one thing wrong about Ryan Day. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeyes fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes from the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Friday, May 20th in the year 2022, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. On today's episode, we'll dive into and fix the mistake that CBS Sports made while ranking the college football coaches, and we'll continue our Buckeye road trip around the NFL looking at a former Buckeye, Mr. Tyquan Lewis. But first, CBS Sports is one of my go-to spots for national coverage of college football from coast to coast. They do a phenomenal job and a great job keeping us informed and staying on top of what's going on in this phenomenal sport. Even when it comes to podcasts, their podcasting of the college football, it's top notch. And so when I saw that CBS Sports college football rankings were out for 2022, I was excited. I wanted to get there, dive into there, start looking at things, compare and contrast last year's rankings to this year's rankings, read why they put coaches in certain spots. But then I saw what Ryan Day was, and it didn't sit well with me. The Big Ten has two coaches. The conference has two coaches in the top ten, zero coaches in the Big Ten football conference in the top five. We'll count them down ten through one, and you'll see why. They messed something up. Why I think they got something wrong. Number 10, Mike Gundy. Number 9, Jim Harbaugh. Number 8, Kyle Winningham from Utah. Number 7, Brian Kelly down in LSU. I wonder if he's still working on his new accent. Number 6, Ryan Day. Down two spots from where he was last year at number 4. Number 5, Jimbo Fisher. He is big mad right now. Number 4, Lincoln Riley. Number 3, Dabo Sweeney. Number 2, Kirby Smart. Number 1, Nick Saban. So you mean to tell me just by quickly glancing at this, Saban, Smart, Sweeney, Riley, and Fisher are better college football coaches right now than Ryan Day? Hmm. That might not sit well with you just like it does not sit well with me, but my explanation right now means absolutely nothing because let's have them describe and say why they put Ryan Day at number six instead of at number five or even number four. Quote, nobody questions Day's offensive acumen. But we've seen some slippage on the defensive side of the ball in Columbus, and it's cost the Buckeyes a few games. Day has still gone 34-4 and in three seasons, which is an incredible start. But a two-loss season is considered a failure at Ohio State, especially when that second loss wasn't in the college football playoff. Last year also saw Ohio State's run of four straight Big Ten titles, end in an impacted day standing among our voters ever so slightly end quote last year Ryan Day was number four he's down two spots so let me get this correct for you they're basically saying that the 34 and 4 record is very impressive now three of those wins came in the 2018 season while Urban Meyer was suspended but that is still a 34 and 4 record because because the 2020 season Ohio State and everybody else played less games than normal so 34 and 4 in three seasons or three plus three, it's still a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal start to his career at Ohio State. But because he has two losses, which is not up to the standard that the school has set, 
not that the country has set, that the school has set, you drop him. Yes, not reaching the college football playoff. It's interesting. But Lincoln Riley wasn't in the Big 12 Conference Championship, just like Ryan Day and Ohio State weren't last year. And neither was Lincoln Riley in the playoff last year. I'm confused. I'm very, very confused. Now, when you look at the Big Ten Conference, the Big Ten alone itself has eight coaches inside the top 25. They have six coaches between rankings number 30 to 53. Now, when I think about that part, it's very interesting because one thing pops out. The Big Ten almost has all 14 coaches inside the top 50. If that's the case, why is the product on the field so poor by so many schools? Let's go through this. Scott Frost in Nebraska, bad. Mike Loxley in Maryland, bad. Tom Allen in, the, in, in Indiana, bad. Illinois and Brett Bielema at 38, bad. Rutgers and Greg Schiano, bad. Jeff Brom and Purdue, decent at times, but sometimes they're bad. Mel Tucker and Michigan State, that's where things get interesting because Mel Tucker had a bad year and then a phenomenal year, an amazing year. Can he keep it going? P.J. Fleck, not bad, but more so mediocre and average. James Franklin, 15. Paul Christ, 14. Kirk Ferentz, 13. And then Jim Harbaugh at 9. Harbaugh is up 14 spots for number 23 from last season. Will he stay in the top 10 one more year going into with next year's rankings? Well, that's to be determined. But they have some respect for the Big Ten coaches. Maybe a lot more respect than I thought they would have because a play on the field is not the good, not the best. It's bad, as I've said so many times. But that might also be a statement of theirs that they're saying, well, the other coaches in college football, even though the Big Ten coaches, a lot of them, their players, are, the teams are bad. Other teams as well uh, in, in college, they're bad as well. CBS Sports, I really like you. I'm not going to deviate from your coverage. You guys do a great job. My go-to spot used to be the ESPN, the worldwide leader. But I don't even go there so much for coverage of college football. From the, the college football live television show, that's 30 minutes. I used to catch the podcast of that, and then I stopped. I listen to your podcast now during the season with uh, Reese Davis and David Pollock and uh, Kirk Herbstreet. But in the offseason, no, I don't want to listen to Adam Rittenberg and um, Heather Dennis talk about college football. I don't. They do a good job covering it. But I personally do not want to listen to that in the offseason. Cover three podcasts at CBS Sports. That's my go-to. And I even wonder, do they even think, I haven't heard their reaction to this, but do they even think that Ryan Day is outside of the top five in college football when it comes to the coaches and ranking them? I don't think a lot of them do. I think that they could redo this, and if there was, if you could see individual brackets and rankings, you would see Ryan Day is probably in the top five of most coaches. He's at my top five. He's probably in your top five. He's probably not number three. He's probably probably not number two. We know he's not number one. But with Ryan Day, I believe they got this thing wrong. How can we fix this? Should he move up to number five? Should he move up to number four? Where is Ryan Day's proper spot? to sit in this year's college football rankings. Stick around to find out. Imagine dipping your finger into the plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That is what it is like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. 
I just received my birthday cake puffs, and I have never had anything like this before. They're available right now, and we can't promise that they will be there tomorrow. So go get them today at Built.com. And if you haven't tried the puffs, I'll let you in on a little secret because that's what friends do. A chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar? Yeah, you heard me. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. Make every day your birthday with Built Birthday Cake Puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake and roped it in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles. Go to Built.com and use that friendly promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 and get 15% off your next order. Once again, go to Built.com and use that friendly promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at Built.com. Thank you for making Locked on Buckeyes your first listen of every single day. Now is the perfect time to make sure you check out the Locked on NBA Big Board. Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Lee Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, Player Rankings, and of course, Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get your fine podcast lists are perfect for this time of year this is not a time we normally get numerous talking points to discuss in the month of may month of june or even the month of july so lists like the one cbs sports put together are great but since they got something wrong when they put this list together where are we going to make some changes what changes will we make and where is ryan day's proper placement in this ranking well we have a great way to discuss and dispute the rankings and declare Ryan Day's proper spot when ranking the elite coaches in college football. I got a few different things here on my piece of paper from overall record to bowl record to CFP record to conference championships to recruiting rankings. All of these will help us really understand who the better coach is right now. But all these are numbers, even on the field. I think the numbers we see, they are things we get from play on the field. Overall winning record. Since well, not overall winning record, the record since 2019 since Ryan Day became the full time head coach at Ohio State. Ryan Day is 31 and four in 88.5 percent winning percentage. Jimbo Fisher since 2019 at AM, 71.4 percent winning percentage, 25 and 10 records since that time period. Lincoln Rally during the same time, 31 and six record winning record, which is great, an 83.7 percent winning percentage. That one goes to Ryan Day. Now, when you look at overall winning percentage, Ryan Day is still up there. 89.4% to Jimbo Fisher's 75.9% to Lincoln Riley's 84.6%. Now, I think when you come to Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day, you're going to be splitting hairs a lot between these two coaches. Um, Riley going to a new spot in L.A. Just got Jordan Addison. I've heard there's rumors that they gave that man the bag three and a half million dollars to go there to Southern California to play the football. What legal, illegal, it, whatever, whatever they are doing things out there to bring a lot of talent to Southern California, to USC. That's all I will say about that. So that one goes to Ryan day. Now when you look at the overall bowl record, Ryan day is two and two Jimbo Fisher is two and zero. Oh. Lincoln Riley is one and one that since that is since 20, 19. 
Now, last year, because last year Lincoln Riley was not the coach during the bowl game for Oklahoma, but Oklahoma still went to a bowl game there, which is why Lincoln Riley is only one and one. We look at Ryan Day. Ryan Day in 2019, that playoff game, the Fiesta Bowl, that was that is a bowl game. Even though it's a playoff game, that's still a bowl game. Sugar Bowl in 2020, a bowl game, a win. The Natty in 2020, still technically considered a bowl game, which is why that was a loss. And, of course, the Rose Bowl last year, that's where you get Ryan Day's two and two. Lincoln Riley, 2019, they won the Peach Bowl. Or excuse me, they lost the Peach Bowl to LSU. And then last, excuse me, in 2020, getting my years mixed up, Oklahoma won the Cotton Bowl. So that one, just sheer by him being undefeated, I'll, we will give that one to Mr. Jimbo Fisher. When it comes to your college football playoff ranking, or excuse me, record, this one's going to Ryan Day. Ryan Day is one and two in the playoff. Jimbo Fisher has not been to the playoff since being at AM. You may remember that Jimbo Fisher was in the playoff, the very first playoff, uh, back when Ohio State won the Natty when they beat Oregon in the national championship game. And then Lincoln Riley's only made one trip to the playoff, and that one was a loss to Georgia. I do believe that was a loss to Georgia. Georgia ended up losing the Natty to Alabama via a phenomenal uh, uh, pitch and catch from Tua Tagovailoa to Devonta Smith. So that's another one, another notch right there to Ryan Day. Ryan Day has won Big Ten Coach of the Year in, 20, in 2019. Lincoln Riley won Big 12 Coach of the Year in 2018. Jimbo? I don't see any of that. None of that at all. Now, Jimbo Fisher has some phenomenal things he did before going to AM. He won three ACC conference championships from 2012 to 2014, won a national championship. But that's it. Lincoln Riley did something that Ryan Day has not done. He won four straight Big 12 conference championships 2017, 2018, 2019, and 2020. Ryan Day. Did not do that, has not done that, and last year didn't go there, so he didn't have a chance to go to win another one this past season. When it comes to conference championships at that at, during that time period, Lincoln Riley's won two, 2019 and 2020. That's something that Ryan Day did, but Lincoln Riley didn't make it last year. Neither did Ryan Day, so we'll just call that one even. We could give a point to both Riley. And to Ryan Day, since they're even, none to Jimbo Fisher, simply because Jimbo Fisher has lost four games or more every year but one at AM. Jimbo Fisher, 2018, nine and four. 2018, eight and five. 2020, nine and one. Then last year, eight and four. Everyone's loving what Jimbo is doing on the recruiting trail and some of the transfers he's bringing in, all of those things. But when you think about the nitty-gritty and what's going on on the field, Jimbo Fisher ain't that guy right now at AM. He's leading the team, and he's keeping it afloat. Eight, nine wins. That'll get you a lot of things right now in College Station. But, buddy, you got to do better. You got to at least win the SEC. I don't care if it's a tough conference to win. You got to do it if you want to be in this, in this type of conversation. I'm not even looking at last year. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to use a bigger sample size than last year to, to compare and contrast to these coaches. When you look at the recruiting rankings, and I averaged all of them from 2019 until 2022. And for Lincoln Raleigh, with him being at a new school, I even went, even went through and um, used his USC recruiting ranking to make it even. The highest ranking, excuse me, the lowest rank, 
7.75. I'm not going to say high or low because that's gonna, that may confuse you. When I averaged all of Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley recruiting rankings out, this is coming from 247 Sports, his average from 2019 to 2022, Lincoln Riley's average recruiting ranking for his team is 7.75. Jimbo Fisher is 5.25. The only time Jimbo Fisher at AN have been number one was this past well, this past year or this current year in 2022. 2019, he was number they were number five. 2020, they were ranked number six. And then 2021, they were ranked number nine. So as Nick Saban called out Jimbo Fisher for doing things with the money to bring recruits to school. I mean, I kind of see that right there. And then Ryan Day, Ryan Day is as an average recruiting ranking at Ohio State at four and a half. Let all those things sink in for you. Consistent All-Americans, you can look at those as well. Um, all of them have been um, really good with the consensus All-Americans. Since 2019, Lincoln Riley has one. Jimbo Fisher has two. Ryan Day has four. So I'm letting the numbers depict what happens here. I understand that Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes have a standard at Ohio State. But let's compare what Ryan Day has done at Ohio State with the rest of the country and really realize putting Ryan Day at six is false. Five, move him up one spot. Four, move him up another spot. I would be way more happy if this were the ranking. I think this is where the ranking should be. Number one, Nick Saban. Number two, Kirby Smart. Number three, Dabo Sweeney. Number four, Ryan Day. CBS Sports, you got it wrong. We went through a lengthy way to describe and declare who the proper coach is that should be at number four. It is not Lincoln Riley. Jimbo Fisher should not be number five. It should be Ryan Day at number at the number four spot. Guys, love talking ball. But let's move ahead to the NFL to discuss what a former Buckeye would do in the upcoming NFL season. Jake Arthur is back with us to help us learn about some season expectations for Mr. Tyquan Lewis with the Indianapolis Colts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. As we roll on with our Buckeye road trip around the NFL, Jake Arthur, a senior analyst, covered the Indianapolis Colts for Horseshoe Huddle is here. As he's here with us, we got Paris Campbell recently, another Buckeye is in Indianapolis, another Buckeye who people are hoping, hoping plays all 17 games and continues to get better and have some has a, has a sustainable t- time and career in Indianapolis. It is Tyquan Lewis. Jake, welcome back. And Buckeyes in Indianapolis, man, they can't seem to play a full season. And I hope mm-hmm. this guy, this young man, Tyquan Lewis, can put it all together this year. Yeah, kind of, kind of like the same story with Paris Campbell, like you mentioned. It's, um, it's just kind of been a, a what if thing, and he's, a, he's been a really nice player, but unfortunately, can't shake the injuries. No, he cannot. Uh, he went on, the, he went on the IR in November of 2021 uh, with a knee injury. In March of 2022, a few months later, he ended up signing a one-year deal worth three million dollars. What was your thought when you saw that that deal went down? Yeah, I'm I'm glad they did it. I thought it was good for them. Uh, at his peak, when he's able to perform, he's a perfect lineman for them. 
Uh, he's got the athleticism and explosion to play outside, but also the size and strength to play inside. So throughout his career, they've been able to move him inside and out, uh, just kind of a, a chess piece. Never a star, but a, just a very adequate player. You know, he's probably going to get you a few sacks every year, some tackles for loss. Uh, equally good against the the run and pass. A very good player. Uh, it's it's just uh, it's concerning with the knee injury. You know, I I, I still probably would have done the deal with him as well. It's okay. it's a low low risk, uh, decent reward type of thing. Uh, but the the patellar injuries, those are tough. Uh, those are real tough. Um, there was actually some studies done that that is the most difficult injury for NFL players to come back from. And, you know, whether it's a year or two after, there's kind of a, a long list of guys that have kind of hung them up um, afterwards. You know, Victor Cruz, LaCharles Bentley, Cadillac Williams, Jim Leonard, Brandon Gibson, and Gerard Mayo. That, that's kind of a, a significant list of players. Uh, but there have also been some some redemption stories there. So it's not like all bad, but uh, it needs to be understood that it's not like a modern ACL injury. Like this is pretty tough. Um, so he he could come back and, and rebound and be himself, which would, of course, be great for the Colts and him. Uh, I, I think the Colts were eager to give him that chance to come back and prove himself and be healthy and give them some versatility on the line. Uh, so yeah, it's, it was a, a decent move for them. They're welcoming in a, a new system defensively. Uh, there's still a base four three front and Gus Bradley is going to want guys who can play inside and out just like Matt Eberflus did before him. Um, but yeah, Taekwon, if he's healthy, he, uh, they need him. Uh, they, they've got some defensive ends, but you know, they, they need some experience. I haven't really marked him on my roster that I keep track of as someone to keep in the plans quite yet, just because you don't know what he's going to play like or what his recovery is like. Um, but if he could be that one reliable pass rusher that they need, you know, just a depth guy, uh, then that's going to be really good for their rotation because um, the, they, they have some young guys. So yeah, having a proven guy like that would definitely be good. With the Colts bringing in Yannick Ngakwe and then having Quiddy pay um, the rookie from, well, second-year player from last year's draft. Do you see Tyquan Lewis being in a backup role, kind of the first defensive end off the bench um, mm -hmm. to kind of either back up one of those two guys? Yeah, so I I think obviously Ngakwe and Pei would be your starters. Uh, right now, I, I mentioned that roster that I keep track of. Um, if Tyquan is healthy, I have him as either the first or second guy off the bench because uh, okay. their their second pick last year was Dio Adangbo. Mm -hmm. uh, who that's he's kind of he's another edge player that can play inside as well um i think they they would definitely be willing to give dio a huge role if he could handle it which would you know put taekwon down a peg um but no if if he's healthy i would see taekwon as you know situationally the first or second end off the off the bench do you think he'll stay healthy now excuse me not do i think he'll do you think he'll stay healthy is it Likely that he'll be ready for game one this year. Because you talk about how delicate, well, not delicate, but how severe this injury is and how hard it is to come mm -hmm. back from it. Do you think with that in mind, he'll be ready for game one? That's really tough to say. Um, I haven't heard much about his recovery yet. Uh, you know, maybe next time we talk to Frank, uh, that that might be that might be a good point to touch on. But I, I just have no way of knowing. If, if it was an ACL, I'd say, you know, 
there's a chance he could probably be ready for week one. But that patellar's tough, and I haven't heard any updates on him since it happened. Uh, it, it did happen midway through the season, so it's not like it was a mm-hmm. December-January thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that certainly helps. Um, a lot of knee injuries, they're back under a year. So we'll, we'll see. That, that'll definitely be one we have to monitor. Yeah, man. I really yeah. hope, just not just for him, for Paris Campbell. We talked about him previously, but also for Tyquan Lewis. I mean, you just want these young men to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what it is. I mean, I don't want you to have an injury or have something happen to you that would mess up your career covering the Colts. And I would, hopefully, for all these players, I just would like health. I understand if you're not capable of being the talent, your talent is just not there to make you a starter. I completely get that. But I at least want these young men to be healthy and have a chance mm-hmm. to be on the field to make a name for themselves so that they can sustain, hopefully, sustain a career in the National Football League. Campbell's had some injury issues. Well, a lot mm-hmm. of them. Tyquan Lewis has only played six, well, a full season with 16 games in 2020. Outside of that, he's, the most games he's played in a single season was nine, which is in mm-hmm. 2019. And then his rookie year and last year, he played eight games. So you're just hoping for a clean bill of health, and that's it. Mm-hmm. If he's healthy, if he's healthy, do you see him playing? It's the same thing I asked about Paris Campbell. Do you see him playing 10 to 12 games um, this year if the knee is okay? Yeah, uh, he's he's not really someone they've made like a healthy scratch or anything like that. Uh, other than his second year, his second year was weird. Uh, he had, I don't know, just like a nagging injury he couldn't quite shake. He wasn't quite himself in that second year. Um, but no, uh, other than that, if he's healthy, he's on the field. Uh, they rely on him pretty heavily. Uh, he's a guy that could probably get you five or six sacks in a full season. Uh, so yeah, it's... If if he's healthy, he'll I imagine he he'll be on the team and he'll be an important part of the defensive line rotation again because he can do so much. Um, he can play both interior positions and he can play on the outside. Uh, so they'll they'll use him if if he's healthy. Last thing for you here, really quickly. I know he's on a one year deal. Talk about that at the beginning um, when you and I first started our conversation. Do you think he gets another contract at the end of this season? Um, yeah, if he, it's kind of dependent on a couple things. Okay. Um, I would think regardless, they would have interest if he stays healthy. Um, but it, it's just about price. Uh, cause if Dio Odangbo starts to live up to, you know, his billing, they fell in love with him. Uh, if, uh, if Odangbo starts to blow up the expect Quiddy pay was already good as a rookie. So, um, you know, and Gakwe is on a one-year deal as well. Um, it just depends who else they have and how those young guys are performing. If they need Lewis, then yeah, I, I think that puts a, a slightly larger price tag on him. But at the same time, they know he's only played a full season once and that he has a knack for getting injured. So I don't think he'd be like a huge priority, but I definitely think they would be interested in bringing him back as long as he's proven himself. Jake, glad to have you back, man. This is fun. A little off-season talk yep. with you. Hope to do it again next year. But for the meantime, where can, where can people follow you on Twitter? And then where can they read some of your stuff as well? Maybe you'll do a player, player profile on one of these two guys, Paris Campbell mm-hmm. or Tyquan Lewis, that Buckeye fans will love to read. Yeah, so uh, both on Twitter and Facebook, you can find me at JakeArthurNFL. Uh, and also all my written work is on HorseshoeHuddle.com. 
that is uh, si.com and, and fan nation's Colts website. So, you know, I'll, uh, I'll find your way through there. We kind of, we kind of try to be a one-stop shop, cold stuff, uh, get creative with some film rooms and, and some player analysis and things like that. So uh, hopefully if you guys come visit, you'll uh, like what you see. It's fun, man. Fun time in the offseason to get to catch up with, talk about some former Buckeyes and see what they're going to do in the NFL. Paris mm-hmm. Campbell, a Colt. Tyquan Lewis, an Indianapolis Colt as well. Two players I'm excited to see, two players that Buckeye fans loved, and I'm glad we can get a little early taste about what we can see from them next year in the National Football League. Jake, thanks for coming back, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me.